I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Dave and Dujanovic have inside sources. Utah Senator Mitt Romney joining other senators on a new proposal that could ultimately end in the banning of TikTok in the United States. This is, of course, the social media app that your kids love, um, and you must too, because 100 million Americans are on that app. Here's Senator Mitt Romney. There are a lot of us that are concerned about uh, privacy. And we say, gosh, we don't want the government to know everything we're doing. We want to protect our personal privacy. Well, one thing a lot worse than having our government infringe on our privacy is having the Chinese Communist Party infringe on our privacy. One of the questions I have in this conversation, I have no doubt that this software is is problematic, that it leaves us vulnerable. I have no, of course, of course that happens. We know that with TikTok. But there's also a hardware component. You've got software components. You've got hardware components. Where do you think our iPhones are being put together? In China. So we trust them to put the phones together and not install some sort of hardware when they're putting the phones together. But when it comes to software, no, that's the bridge too far. That's where we say, no, 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 no. We do not trust you. That doesn't make sense to me. Boyd, you're going to have Senator Mitt Romney join your show today at 1.30. I'm very excited to hear uh, more about this because we heard a lot of sound bites, but I know you'll get in-depth with him on why he thinks this is so important. What's your, what's your, what's your take right now before that conversation with him? Well, I, I think as you look at the, the group that came together, anytime you can get that many Democrats and Republicans in the United States Senate to come together – it's significant. Uh, and the fact that they're all united and coming together to say, hey, this is an issue. Uh, and going to your point, Dave, the, the bill that they have put forward actually addresses hardware as well as software. Uh, so it's not just that software component that we see in TikTok, but it's also hardware components uh, and really puts a lot of onus on the Secretary of Commerce to really establish a set of uh, disciplines, processes, procedures to do the evaluation uh, on that on an ongoing basis. And so there's a, a whole series of things that are part of this bill that they have put forward uh, that, again, really target, does this have an impact on national security? Uh, does it have a, a potential to disrupt critical infrastructure? That's one of the ones that I think I worry most about is the ability for uh, that tracking ability and that to, to disrupt, you know, the uh, the grid, uh, all of those kind of things, defense systems, and all of that, uh, anything integral to telecommunications. Uh, so it's a it's a pretty long list of things that they're asking the Commerce Secretary and the Commerce Department to take on uh, as part of this new legislation. Last fall, the FBI Director uh, Christopher Ray said um, he threw up the he threw up the flag in the warning, the red flag, and said this is a threat to national security. And I hear that so often, and so then my mind goes to my next question, like, what do you mean by that? And so I dove into that this morning, and it it looks like some of the allegations are that this TikTok, which is, if you didn't know, is owned by a a company in China, 
and the concern is that could, could be compelled to share information with the with the Communist Party. Um, and and here's what I found out: it, it could you be used to control software on millions of devices and compromise those devices that have the app downloaded. So I go worst case scenario, like I'm known to do in every single scenario I think about. And I think, well, what would the world be like if all of a sudden our cell phones went dark? I cannot leave the newsroom without grabbing my cell phone, even if it's just to run to the ladies room or to run downstairs and grab a, a bag of potato chips. Could you imagine not having access if we want to go worst case scenario a world, a United States without cell phone. Yeah, you think, you think of all that getting uh, jammed up, and and one of the important things to to point out, and as you said, Debbie, this is a Chinese company, and we should remember there really aren't any private companies right uh, in China. They're all controlled by the Chinese Communist Party, and, and I think that's part of what Senator Romney and his colleagues are raising: is look, let's not let's not pretend this is like Apple or you know Intel or or some American business that does have some control over their destiny and what they want to do. Uh, this is China, so there really isn't a private company. Uh, they're all state-controlled, state-owned. And so uh, their ability to use that data, and again, whether that's to jam up systems, whether that's tracking key individuals, uh, whether that's looking at uh, targets that are either military uh, bases or, again, infrastructure grid uh, in terms of energy, all of those things uh, will could disrupt things in a, in a significant way. Things have changed a little bit uh, with the supply chain, but Apple was producing, uh, I, I read, 95% of their iPhones were coming through China. Uh, tens of millions of computers, personal computers, are being put together in China and sent out around the world. These private companies have a very vested interest in making sure that those things that you're panicking about are not happening because they know uh, as soon as that comes out, as soon as something uh, is revealed or abused, their business is over, right? right? The iPhone business is over if that worst case scenario happens, Debbie. So I wonder how much of this needs to fall on Dave Noriega mm. and his downloading of TikTok and how much the private market is going to take care of this because they understand they're over. Their jo- their business is over if this abuse happens. Yeah, and so that's that's always the interesting dilemma. Will will the private sector have that incentive enough uh, to to make sure those protections are in place? And what do they do if there is a breach? Because we know there is going to be a breach. There is going to be a breakthrough. There is going to be uh, a letdown. Uh, and we also have to look at it too. Going to your point, Dave, in terms of what's my responsibility in terms of what I'm digesting and and taking through through an app like that, uh, recognizing that that's part of what they want to do. Uh, is control the messaging uh, because that's the that's the real bit. So China is playing the long game, folks. Uh, this is not just about a TikTok and who can be hip and cool on social media. They are playing the long game. They believe that they are to be the superpower of the world, uh, and they know the way to do that is control communication uh, and and influence what people are thinking and what people are digesting. I wonder how popular this would be among the younger generation. And I'll point to this uh, statement that I heard that Senator Joe Manchin had reached out to his granddaughters mm. who are of college age and said, what do you think about this? And in a nutshell, they said something to the effect of, watch what you ban, Grandpa. Yeah. So I look at this from a purely political, reelectable point of view. If you are maybe 
maybe not clearly messaging why this ban is important or not relating your message to the people who really love to use apps, which is our kids, right? Yeah. All of our kids. They grew up on these things. Yeah. We didn't. We didn't have them when we were kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're a little more skittish about it than the younger generation. Uh, is this is this just political? I don't know. I don't want to say the word. I don't like to use the word suicide. But you know, is that is that are they just dooming themselves? Well, there there with are the younger voter. Yeah, there are political challenges to the younger voter. There's also constitutional challenges uh, when of it course, comes to controlling old, speech, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so I think those debates are going to be very interesting as well. So getting to the younger generation, yeah, this is kind of part of who they are. And so part of it is an education process. And actually, one of the things that I commend in the in the bill that's being put forward is uh, a very strategic education process for citizens, individuals, the public, business community uh, to understand what the threats are and, and to point. start watching it. And so that education yeah. is, a, is a key piece. And then there's this whole other debate that we have to have uh, in terms of free speech and where, where does that line well, begin and end. That's a lawsuit, right? That would sure. end up in a lawsuit. Absolutely. I think, I mean, for yeah. sure, if it is. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts ultimately banned yeah. sponsored by 16 year old girls everywhere <laughs> boyd great conversation i am so looking forward to hearing from senator mitt romney tell us what time he's going to join once uh, he'll again. be on at 135 today he's calling live from he's calling from dc wow yeah. good so. good get as always thank you boyd all right we appreciate it inside sources from one to three i so i want to pose my worst case scenario to a tech expert like, is it possible that what I just laid out could actually happen where we all have TikTok downloaded on our cell phones and all of a sudden we see what could what what national security threats mean when the cell phone network just goes dark? Dave and Dujanovic. Dave and Dujanovic. Continuing our discussion about TikTok, um, the call to potentially ban it, our Senator Mitt Romney on board with other senators. Uh, he's actually calling Boyd Matheson's show at one thirty this afternoon. I'm excited to hear that conversation. Um, th- there's a lot of concerns that we've kind of rolled through, ticked through this morning. Uh, one is, you know, if, if the federal government does ultimately ban uh, American citizens from downloading TikTok, what kind of constitutional issues would that um, bring um, also, I wonder if they're out of touch with the younger generation who would vote all of them out of office if TikTok is banned. Um, but they've got to make it really clear, Dave, what the national security threat is that they speak of when they talk from the podium about this and like we should all be fearful. How much of this is guilty until proven innocent? Mm. Like, I know that there are threats. I know that TikTok is scary. But – 
we seem to give a pass to China when it comes to assembling our iPhones. 95% of iPhones are built in China. We're fine with getting the latest and greatest iPhone built and handed over to us. We're excited about that. But as soon as we're talking about software, a really popular social media platform, okay, now we're panicking. What have they done? I understand there's a threat, but what have they done? Earl Foote with Nexus IT uh, joins the show quite often, knows a lot there is about tech. Earl, I've known you for many years, and you've always so gracious with your time to kind of walk us through these more complex issues. And I, I, I paint this picture with a, with a Chinese-owned company like TikTok and the concerns that lawmakers have about this national security threat. I guess my mind goes to if we've got this on our cell phones and they decide to, to infect it with something um, that's nefarious. I, I hate that word, but it's the only one that came to mind. Um, does that potentially shut down, have the potential to shut down cell phone service, telephone service? Let's face it, that's, a, that's the only thing we own is cell phones these days. Few of us have hard lines into our homes anymore. Is that the kind of national security threat or is that just a Debbie Downer? No way that's ever going to happen. Um, you know, there's always a a possibility. I think that that's, um, you know, probably a a longer shot. Um, Deb and Dave, thanks for having me on. You know, the, the, the biggest concern here, as you mentioned, Deb is, is TikTok is owned by a Chinese company called ByteDance. Um, and by, by Chinese law, all Chinese companies have to give their data to the Chinese government when they are asked for that. Um, there is evidence, well, the prior to June 2022, all U.S. user data from TikTok was routing through China. Um, as part of, you know, their effort to, um, to separate, you know, from their Chinese affiliation, um, as of June 2022, user data uh, for TikTok routes within the U.S. However, there is still evidence that that data exfiltrates, or at least some portion of that data exfiltrates to China. Now, where, where is the threat? Um, the, the threat is in that the privacy policy of TikTok is really flexible. Um, it allows them to gather a lot of data from the devices where TikTok is installed. Um, it also allows them to gather other data from other applications and um, non-customary type of data from the device that um, that you know most applications wouldn't normally gather. Um, you know uh, that there there is unequivocal unequivocally there are cyber wars happening um, in the digital space uh, that most of us are not aware of. Um, and um, there are countries who, you know, are gathering intel about each other, about their companies, about their, uh, their constituents, you know, their citizens, uh, about their governments. And um, the, the, the threat with TikTok is that it can gather a lot of different data that can go back and be used. Um, sometimes it could be used for competitive advantage purposes in, you know, in creating new technology, um, in understanding consumer uh, behavior and consumer sentiment. Sometimes it could be used for more nefarious um, sort of activities. We know that, you know, Governor Cox a couple of months ago 
banned the use of TikTok on all state-owned devices because of that threat of lateral movement and the gathering of data that is not just specifically TikTok data. I understand the, the TikTok fear, the software fear. Do you have any fears when it comes to hardware? Since the vast majority of iPhones are built in China, uh, tens of millions of computers are, are built and assembled in China that are ending up you know, on the desks at home. Uh, it's a hardware component that we seem to, I guess, kind of be fine with because, you know, it's the new iPhone 14X Max with three cameras. <laughs> yeah, um, of course, there's always a threat there, Dave. However, the FCC, um, you know, has done a, a really good job of working with those technology companies um, to adequately vet and put um, regulation and inspection in place on the manufacturing of those types of devices. Um, and, um, and so the, the likelihood of threats existing on hardware devices is significantly less. The, the challenge here is that um, TikTok, while they have now routed, you know, routed their, their U.S.-based traffic within the U.S., um, they've been somewhat uncooperative with the FCC in this matter of the exfiltration of data back to China. Um, they've kind of uh, skirted around a commitment to sever that practice and instead are, are saying, you know, telling the U.S. government um, our, our practices on data privacy will be adequate to appease, um, you know, privacy regulations. However, um, you know, that, that is um, it's less than what the FCC would like and probably what the, the American public should want. Um, you know, the FCC in the past, by the way, they, for example, if you take Huawei, who is a, you know, a, a major mobile device manufacturer worldwide, they were shut down and no longer allowed to you know, sell devices within the U.S. because there was evidence that data was being collected on those devices and being sent back to China. Um, and they wouldn't discontinue the practice. So um, the FCC completely shut down and, and Huawei can no longer be purchased within the U.S. There are other brands, including brands, you know, hardware brands or software brands like Yealink or Zoom, who have had similar problems in the past, but who have cooperated and have severed ties of data going back to, you know, China. Earl, we got about 60 seconds, and I hope you can give us an answer. I want you to put your dad your dad hat on. Earl Foote is with Nexus IT. He's a tech expert. Uh, do you let your kids, for example, use tech, TikTok? And uh, if you don't, like, what is the best we can't like say all this stuff to our kids. I mean, they, their eyes would glaze over. It's so highbrow, you know, <laughs> how, how do you get through to them on this? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, to clarify, my kids are all adults at this yeah. point. So those choices, <laughs> those, those choices are, are theirs. That. Right. But, right. but um, as, as a parent, I would be more concerned about predatory behavior on TikTok than about um, you know, the data privacy, ah. but still, you know, um, I, I don't want my kids data and all their, you know, their activity, their online activity and behavior to, you know, be in the hands of the wrong people or to be available on the dark web, you know, for purchase. So, um, you know, if I had, if I still had minors in my home, I would certainly be having conversations with them about, um, you know, thinking about their own data privacy and the risks to them and their own safety um, that those risks present. But yeah, it's, it's, for me, it's less about, um, you know, what what might fall into the hands of the Chinese government, and it's more about predatory behavior that happens on TikTok. Wow. Earl Foote, 
Thank you for joining us from Nexus IT, one of our tech experts that we turn to. Thanks. Yeah, and definitely gave us more food for thought. While we were all running around in circles worried about China, he brought it down right to the kitchen table where we need to still be having those and remember to have those conversations with our kids about what they're putting on social media, who they're communicating with on social media, and who's communicating with them. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.